0: There are two ways we can continue from here. First, you can choose to not believe me. Who knows, I might be lying, distorting the truth, figuratively pulling a grenade out of my ass and killing us all. So no one would blame you if you choose to leave. Or you can shut up for 20 minutes and let me explain everything. Which one will you choose? This is my story after all, so you should feel obliged to hear it. Your silence is welcome enough. It all started in a seedy-looking shithole overlooking Madison Avenue called Flying Times Bar. I'm tempted to say the rest is history, but that is overly cliche, and I am nothing if not original. The year was 1967. Keep the change. God, it's raining like balls out there. Yeah, I'd say it is. Want a scotch? I'm fine, Frank. Actually, yeah, I'll have another one. Great. Hey, did you see the Indians game last night? It was such a heartbreaker. McDowell walked six nobodies and Clemente hits a two-run homer in the eighth. We should just go hang ourselves. We're so fucking disgraceful. Well, Cleveland isn't exactly a powerhouse in anything. I mean, what exactly are we supposed to be proud of? The amount of algae in Lake Erie? I guess not. Still, it'll be nice to win a World Series once in a blue moon. Not that will fucking happen when I bet on them. Yeah, look, I'm moving to that booth over there. I'm waiting for someone. Sure, sure. Everyone in here is waiting for someone. Damn, she was supposed to be here 10 minutes ago. I knew it was a fucking mistake. What the hell was I- Wow, Mona Carver. She was a small woman, perhaps half my height, but her eyes made up for it. Bright red and defiant, daring anyone to approach her. The lipstick complimented her eyes, crimson, and intensely sexy, like one of those dames in the front of Life magazine. Her hair was mostly ash-colored, like the remaining timbers of dying campfires. She was slightly wet from the rain outside. It always rains here, but somehow, she looked even more beautiful because of it. It was too bad she was also sporting a glare. A glare obviously meant for me. She looked around the room and immediately made her way in my direction, and I guess I was the only one who looked out of place white suit and a silk black tie, way too formal for a dive like this.
1: Excuse me, but are you DeWolf? Call me
0: Amory. I've been looking forward to meeting you, Miss Carver. Please, sit.
1: Do you have it? Before we do anything, you will show it to me. Now.
0: Listen, I'd love to help you. You seem like a very outgoing person, Miss Carver. Maybe a bit standoffish, but I hear some guys like that in a dame. Sit down for Christ's sakes, would you? You make a sore thumb blend in. Come on. Let's order a drink or two and we'll talk. Civilized human beings should only ever conduct business after they are acquainted, wouldn't you say?
1: Fine. Can I smoke in here?
0: I nodded, and she took out a long cigarette. One of those you see the evil dames sucking away at in the movies. Being the gentleman I am, I took out my lighter and lit it for her. She nodded in acknowledgement, and breathed in the smoky delight. Her shoulders relaxed, and for a second she looked very near something someone might consider tranquil. How can smoking cause cancer if it makes people that happy? So, why isn't there a Mr. Carver?
1: Isn't that a little personal? I mean, you don't see me asking you where you buy your clothes or where you live. Or your real occupation, for that matter.
0: Well, the difference is, I already know where you buy your clothes. And that you live in a mansion made from lollipops and dreams and whatnot. I also know you don't have a man. Otherwise, you might have saved yourself this headache. But I guess you could say I'm curious.
1: Well, men are just shallow idiots who can't cook or clean. All they do is drink and complain about why they drink. Mostly their wives. They overindulge in everything. Mostly whores. Lots and lots of whores. Besides, like you've probably deduced, I'm independently wealthy. Ever heard of Miss Carver's Easy Cream Butter? My family's been making that for years.
0: Miss Carver's Easy Cream Butter. <laughs> I've always hated that commercial. I've even thought of complaining to the television company once because the song was just horrendous. It was too bubbly and up-tempo.
1: I'll make a note of it to the advertising agency. That is, if we ever actually conduct our business.
0: Come on, we haven't even had drinks yet. Frank. Yes? Can I have some more scotch, please? And a daiquiri for the missus. Certainly.
1: How do you know I like daiquiris?
0: I didn't. I just picked the first girly sounding drink I could think of.
1: <laughs> Sexist much.
0: Feminism is this year's nylons. It'll be out of style before too long. Thanks.
1: I see. So why aren't you out there defending us from those evil Soviets? You look young enough, and I don't see you wearing a peace sign.
0: Well, I don't exactly look like a freeloading hippie, do I? Actually I'm twenty six just barely escaped the age limit. For extra assurance, a doctor I trust said I am extremely susceptible to constitutional syphilis. Not exactly sure what that is, but it sounds pretty serious. So I'm here in this air-conditioned shithole and wearing a nice suit instead of walking around in Vietnamese shitholes with guts in my shoes and wearing outdated uniforms.
1: Well, you're a pretty opinionated thief.
0: I'm not a thief. A friend of mine's friend just so happened to give me this very beautiful necklace. And since this person told me about how you conveniently lost a necklace very similar to this one, I only thought it would be worth something to you.
1: Now that we're nice and friendly, I'd like to see my necklace.
0: Fine. Here. It was a beautiful thing. It's ironic that it featured one of nature's most innocent creatures, the butterfly. It was Cloison? Cloisoni? I don't know, something like that. It weighed nearly four pounds, with it being made of pure gold and all. Small diamonds glittered outside the wings, and the two antennas folded over each other to create a heart. A tear dripped out of her left eye when she saw it. One thousand. I'm sure you have it in your little purse there.
1: Are you sure there's no room for negotiation? I mean, a thousand dollars is quite a lot of money for a petite girl like me.
0: Indeed. A thousand is quite a lot of money. Now it's eleven hundred. What?! Since you apparently don't like my company, I'll have to charge you. I'll say I'm worth about a hundred dollars a minute. It'll keep going up until I see the money on the table.
1: God damn it, here! I'll be taking my leave now, thank you.
0: She saw I made no attempt to pick up the money. She looked perplexed. I guess when someone extorts you for money and doesn't take it, there must be something wrong with it.
1: Don't you want to see if it's all there?
0: No, I'm okay. I don't think you'll cheat me.
1: Why? Is it that I'm always honest?
0: <laughs> Hardly. I know where you live.
1: So I'll just call the cops. You don't think I'm brave enough?
0: Ah, uh, you're something dumber than brave. You're curious. That's why you came tonight instead of just calling them up and arresting me. It's a good thing I'm also curious. So, let's both take what's ours, and be curious together.
1: Goodbye, asshole.
0: She sure walked out in a damn hurry. I sat there for a few minutes longer to see if I was wrong, and the good old bulls would come, beat a confession out of me, and throw me over a bridge somewhere. They didn't. You might be thinking I'm a scumbag, treating a beautiful lady like herself so badly. And you'll be right. But if nothing else, I'm a rich scumbag now. This was The Shadowy Slicker, Episode 1. All the fun the law allows. You can find out more about the show on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Keyword, The Shadowy Slicker. The next episode will be coming out in early 2018. If you like this episode and want to support this show, you can contribute by going to patreon.com slash shadowyslicker. Starring Joe Thompson as Amory DeWolf and your lovely narrator. Aaron Evans Walker as Mona Carver, and Kyle McIntosh as Frank the Bartender. Written, edited, and directed by Zane Sexton. Music was from Audionatics.com, PurplePlanet.com, and Ross Budgen. This has been an Unnecessary Obstacles production. See you next time on The Shadowy Slicker.